0: Uh, to kind of start out, can you just give me a brief overview of your uh, personal history with uh, um, shooting, how you got involved, and, and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Reader's Digest version. I grew up a daddy's girl in upstate New York. I used to go hunting and fishing and hanging out with him. Uh, and uh, one of the things that he fell in love was with uh, was IPSC shooting, USPSA. So I would out with him and pick up his brass and take targets and eventually I became an RO and uh, had a ton of fun and I decided when I was 14 that I wanted to give it a try. So I started competing and uh, it wasn't very long before I started to, you know, get pretty good and uh, my junior year in high school I went to my first nationals and I was recruited to shoot for the U.S. Army shooting team so that's where I started. In the military, I served for nearly eight years and uh, had a really good run there, uh, won the 1999 Open Nationals and Limited Nationals back when there were only two divisions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how old I go back, and uh, I also uh, was named 1999 Army Female Athlete of the Year. Got out in 2003 and took a position with Glock Sports Shooting Foundation for a few years before I got a really great opportunity to work with Smith & Wesson as their consumer program manager and then now captain of the team and now I'm one of their professional
0: shooters. So uh, um, shooting sports, uh, guns, isn't the uh, typical thing that a 14-year-old girl gets into. So what was it that... uh, um, like, was there anything... Obviously, you mentioned your dad, but was there anything else? I mean, there's got to be some sort of uh, uh, other connection there, I think.
1: Right. So, my big thing, uh, I think I was always mature for my age, and I was always very competitive. And I I was always frustrated at being treated like a kid all the time. I understand Except that. I was never treated like a kid at the range. Sure. I was always the guys I was always one of the shooters and you know as long as I followed the rules everyone respected me everyone wanted to listen to what I had to say and it Mm -hmm. was a really refreshing thing because the rest of my life it was like oh go go hang out with the kids the kids table or go do this or we're having a you know adult talk or whatever but it wasn't like that at the range and I really really liked that so that was a very that was a hook for me because it was that opportunity to be like a regular person like almost an adult.
0: Yeah, uh, it seems to be a reoccurring theme. I, uh, uh, over the weekend, interviewed the uh, Williams sisters, and they said kind yeah. of the exact same thing, that uh, uh, when they're out on the range, when they're competing, everyone just treats them like they're one of the group, and you know people taking them under their wings and all that stuff. So definitely a reoccurring theme. So yeah. uh, uh, talk to me about uh, going from competing at 14 years old to now in 2017 winning... Uh, the world shoot in your division?
1: Yeah, it's it's been a a crazy journey. I mean, there's so much that has changed in the shooting sports. When I first started, there was a single division. I mean, I I started back when single port 45 ACP comped, you know, race guns Mm -hmm. were all the rage, right? Uh (laughs) I remember seeing the first red dots compete in competition. And uh, there was only one division. And now we have obviously uh, seven handgun divisions. We have pistol, pistol caliber carbine in just practical shooting alone here in the US. We've got up more shooting sports. Uh, shooting sports have developed so much from just being a single match to an entire sport like steel challenge. So there's a lot of really great developments. And I think it's awesome to see. And um, it used to be there were, you know, like a handful of matches in the year that you could go shoot the big mm. ones, right? Other than your club matches and now, you can't possibly shoot everything that's out there right. between three gun and IDPA and USPSA. You, you can't. So it's really neat.
0: Now, do you uh, uh, do you do anything outside of USPSA competition-wise? Do you do three gun and IDPA?
1: I have, um, as in the past few years, I've kind of taken each season and looked at it uh, from the the angle that as a mom I don't have that much time sure. <laughs> to, to be as diverse as I used to be when I was in my 20s I shot everything all yeah. the time um, now because I have so many things that I juggle um, I, I do a lot of focused
0: sure.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, training and focused competition so like this past year was primarily everything was either with a carry optics gun at the beginning of the year or with a 1911 so gotcha. um, to, to compete for the world shoot so I, I take a look at the year see what kind of goals I want to achieve, and then I plan that out accordingly.
0: It seems like uh, the, the focusing is also a trend that I've been uh, hearing about. I've uh, I talked to several shooters that maybe did both USPSA and IDPA, or IDPA yeah. and 3-gun, and now they're really starting to focus on just one thing. Um, obviously, time is a big factor, but do you think that training is going to be a big factor in that?
1: Absolutely. I think what we're seeing now, because we have so many more shooting sports and so mm-hmm. many more opportunities, We're seeing more shooters come about, too. And they're truly specializing. And so you can't just expect to walk in to steal challenge and having shot it a week before and expect to shoot against somebody who shoots it all year. I mean, sure, (laughs) it's going to be fun, (laughs) but you're not going to (laughs) win. So we're seeing a lot of that, especially in three-gun. Three-gunners are really sticking to just three-gun. USPSA is, you know, we're seeing people stick to one division within USPSA where they used to shoot two or three. Um, So we're really starting to see a lot of that
0: all right so uh uh tell me a little bit about your time in france and just your experience overall with the world shoot i talked to uh, a couple people over the weekend who were there uh jj ricasa and tori and uh met uh uh christine burkhalter uh i think she was really cool uh she was actually just uh uh uh, here on vacation decided to shoot uh the nationals so it was kind of fun meeting her but tell me a little bit about your experience there
1: you know, it's really hard for uh, Americans who haven't traveled overseas to really understand the the huge deal that a World Shoot is. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens once every three years, so it's kind of like our Olympics. Right. But there's this entire sense of, uh, you know, like teamwork and camaraderie and intense competition. Like you, you went to nationals last weekend. There was nobody like glaring at each other and like, mm-hmm. no, I need to win my country. Right. No, there was none of that. And. It's, it's a delicate balance. Of course, there's always sportsmanship and everybody hugs right. and trade, trade shirts at the end of the match. But it's so much more intense. And um, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to compete every three years at a world oh. shoot or even a few times that I've been able to travel internationally in between them because it's such a, an eye-opening experience for me to realize that all of the hard work that goes into these international competitors to shoot—they have such—they their gun laws are so much more restrictive. They have to work so much harder. they they have less opportunity for ranges and matches and all sorts of stuff. So, it's—it's uh, it's kind of an eye-opening thing, and and it's—it's it's really neat to see and, and mm-hmm. connect with people who have the same interests from all over the world.
0: So, uh, that was one of the things that I was wondering—is when because uh, I obviously haven't met a whole lot of the uh, European shooters yet, but. Um, maybe uh, uh, how do they? How are they getting into it have you even talked to them how, how they're getting because in, the, in America we view Europe as kind of like a big giant gun free zone and so when right. I hear about especially meeting somebody like Christine who's a complete amateur uh, shooter and yet she's you know kicking butt and taking names like that's just kind of uh, both surprising and amazing to me that uh, there's even that big of a uh, draw over there to the shooting sports
1: you know, uh, I think that to a certain degree, it is a wealthy person's game overseas because obviously the taxes and the tariffs and, right. and sometimes getting ammunition is difficult. So that automatically makes it more of a challenge. But I also think that um, it's one of those things that if you decide to do it, you're really going to do it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's, it's an intense thing. Whereas here in the U.S., you're like, yeah. I haven't shot USPSA in a couple months. Maybe I'll grab my gear and go on out and shoot the local club match, right? It's, it's right. easy, um, and it's so much more accessible. So I do think that's a challenge, but, you know, there's a level of seriousness. It's it's not so much for just fun. Mm-hmm. You even see it in the courses of fire. Like ipsic has a specific formula of stages, whereas here in the U.S., we're like, whatever, 32 rounds, right. we're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much every. Match is like 32, 32, 32, maybe a 29 in there. And because um, we enjoy that run and gun mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas overseas, it's no, 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 this is a competition. We want to challenge the shooter, we want to test all of the skills. And, mm-hmm. and so that's a, a totally different flavor.
0: So, how, uh, um, I guess the next question is how did the world shoot stages uh, compare to something like, say, uh, the CZ Nationals or that level? Uh, and, and how do you prepare for that coming from uh, our kind of style of shooting to, to the net style?
1: Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Um, you know, a lot of, of course, as, as a team, as a U.S. team, we do very, very well at the world shoot because we have so many talented shooters to pull from for those four-person teams. But individually, we are dominating everything mm-hmm. <laughs> like we used to in the nineties because we used to be, you know, let's face it, the best in the world all the time. But now we have all of these countries and individual athletes who are doing great things. I think the best way to explain it to someone who doesn't understand is you take a course of fire, your typical 32 round course of fire in USPSA that you might find, take out half the targets move some of them out even further, increase the transitions, eliminate all of the in-between times where you can just mow things down and really focus on distinct setups within that course of fire. There's no just like, oh, run over here and shoot all the targets kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of what you get when you get an IPSC stage. And points, points are so, so important. We, we shot a, an eight round course of fire in 17 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's mind boggling to some people because you can shoot some 30, Two rounders in less than mm-hmm. 15 right yeah. so it's, it's a totally different game a totally
0: different style it sounds like that's gonna uh, require uh, maybe not so much physical preparation but mental I mean to really try to slow, you know like you just pointed out you know we can do a 32 round stage here and you know 15 uh, seconds or however um, it seems like to really have to force yourself to slow down and do that is very mental
1: it is it is and it's why this year when I went and prepared for the world shoot, I, I wasn't so wrapped up on my performances at the USPSA matches that I shot leading up to it because I had very specific goals. I wanted to shoot a very accurate match. I wanted to make sure my setups were solid. I wanted to really focus on all of the things that I knew were going to help me at the world shoot and not so much the title for that particular event because the end game, the end goal was over here. So.
0: Okay. Now, uh, uh, what was your... Uh... What was the reception like over in France for you know the whole team and, and really just all the shooters in general
1: I think it was awesome I, I loved France it's a beautiful country uh, it's, it's amazing food right. <laughs> so many neat things it was a lot like uh, traveling to the heartland of America like okay. uh, if you were heading to area 3 um, because that's their farming district so Yes, Paris was three hours away, but there were all these little chateaus that you could see and drive Mm -hmm. by or stop in if you wanted to. Um, Lots of great restaurants. And uh, overall, the people were really excited. One thing to note... um, Châteauroux is actually their headquarters for the shooting sports organization, their national organization over there. And it's one of the reasons I suspect that they won the bid for the Paris Olympics, because not only was this facility set up to host a world shoot, but it also can do all of the Olympic events there as well. So it's really something that uh, the the townspeople and the local folk are like, oh yeah, this is our capital, this is our thing, other than the sunflowers and the crops. (laughs) This is what we're going to do. To be in France so it was pretty cool
0: what uh, uh, I hadn't even thought about this before what uh, what sort of preparations are involved in preparing for something like a world shoot from uh, from this uh, standpoint of the host
1: a lot really um, you have to make sure that there's enough hotels mm-hmm. in the area to support over 1,500 shooters uh, and in the pre-match and the, in the actual match you have to think about all of the lodging for the range officers one of the things that you don't do at a world shoot is you don't pace targets and set steel you get to actually just focus on your shooting (laughs) so you're going in and you have this everything is taken care of for you you just kind of sit there watch it happen which is kind of neat but uh, it's it's pretty big undertaking because of course you've got to have enough of a facility for the opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies. You have to try to incorporate everything like the check-in for firearms and the storage of ammunition for those who are shipping ammo. So there's a lot of little pieces that come together squatting alone. Oh my gosh. You know, you've got official teams that need to be squatted together, but then you've got people that are traveling that want to shoot with their compatriots. And, and so it it can be quite involved.
0: (laughs) Sounds like it. Um, do you have anything that stands out as a favorite memory from your time over there? Uh,
1: definitely standing at the podium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: a big me um, <laughs> that was that was 18 years in the making so sure. um, i've been a bridesmaid a bunch of times at the world shoot so that was a really <laughs> really big big deal for me but you know overall it's just so exciting to meet so many people and and reconnect with friends that you've seen over the years mm-hmm. it's it's really really neat like i i traveled with uh the lathams robin kippy latham and the second rob latham walks onto the range you know he's like mobbed with like paparazzi shooters sure. that are just want to you know take selfies with him, and and they're so excited and and, and enthused and and it's it's really neat because you realize that wow what we're doing here in the u.s is having such an impact and we're really being role models in a way for other cultures other countries to be able to do this so it's pretty it's pretty exciting
0: so uh, so tell me a little bit about uh about your win because uh, like you said 18 years into making this is kind of a big deal like uh what at what point did you uh find out a that you had one because i don't know how the scoring is is done over there uh and then just sure. kind of maybe walk me through the through the whole event
1: sure um leading leading up to this is actually the first world shoot that i chose the exact division that i wanted to shoot in and, and geared everything for it okay. um I've, but, well i take that back the first couple when there was only really open that was all there was sure. <laughs> but um uh, I decided to shoot the classic division because I had the best opportunity with the firearm that I had set up for that, um, whereas if stick rolls are a little bit difficult and challenging for somebody shooting a polymer strike or fire gun in production. So I decided right off the bat, if I'm going for it, I'm going to make sure that I have the most competitive equipment out there. And so that was the first step in it. Um... The first couple of days, we actually started on the hardest stages of the match. Everybody else was like, oh, this run this shoot isn't that bad. It's not that not that hard. And, <laughs> and our very last stage was, a course of course, a fire where you're standing there and you've got to run about 60 meters and you're shooting at targets at 40 and 60 meters. Wow. It's like, whoa! <laughs> it was crazy, right? Yeah. Um, it's It was a very physical match. And so uh, it was really hard to, to focus every single day on just that thing. I mean, we are we have all these distractions in the US, like you're pasting, you're hanging mm-hmm. out with your buddies, you're shooting a ton of matches, or I'm sorry, a ton of stages in a day, where it's like, oh wow, you know, squirrel this, shoot that, squirrel that, you know, yeah. kind of thing, it's, it's very frenetic, but at the World Shoot, it's like, boom, you're there yeah. to shoot. So it's, it's kind of a, a different feeling. I knew um, going into the last two days that of, of my position because it's spread out and we had a day off and I needed to know whether I was, needed to push harder or to just focus on my game and shoot the A's that I needed to to secure the win and I like being in that kind of position shooting a longer match knowing what I need to do Um, that's usually not that possible here in the U.S. because we don't shoot more than a day or two so you really don't know um, with the exception of the slash nationals that they competed in um, it's it's usually less than two days that you shoot some people shoot the whole thing in a day so you're really focused on just your game you're not really you know knowing where the scores are the results and the world shoot did a really good job of posting those scores so that you can have an idea of if you wanted to see <laughs> the damage
0: Sure. so uh, so um, I think I think we didn't quite get to that to, the finding out that you had gotten to where you needed to be in one <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um so the last day I knew that I just needed to shoot solid and I did I shot very solid and so um it was a it was a real pinch me moment uh Rob my like I was saying I was traveling with Robin Kippy mm-hmm. he was in the hospital okay. um, with a, a some intestinal issue, and and so I came home to an empty house and poured myself a glass of wine and said, "Wow, it finally happened!" Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was it was really a, a neat thing. And uh, and then going into the shoot off the next day, everybody was just so happy, and uh, it was kind of like a, a real like, "Did this really happen?" You know, when you when you set such a big goal, mm-hmm. sometimes when you achieve it, it just doesn't sink right in. Sure. You know, some people uh, collapse into tears, and, <laughs> and uh, but for me, it was like a really like, wow, 18 years, that's a really long time. Okay. What can I do next? <laughs> right. So, um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was it, it really neat. I guess that I think the moment that it really hit was when I called my husband and, mm-hmm. you know, he's been part of his journey the whole time. So, uh, it was a really cool, cool call.
0: Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, so, uh, speaking of, speaking of big moves, uh, and, and what's coming next. Uh, you recently announced that you're running for the uh, NRA board. Uh, so, um, so tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, the National Rifle Association
1: has a board of directors that um, helps determine the path of the organization. And mm-hmm. uh, right now, current president is Pete Brownell's. Um, Pete Brownell, rather of Brownell's. Mm-hmm. And so, um, usually, it's the NRA board of directors is consists of like, really awesome celebrities, like,
0: top-selling. Right. <laughs> you know, people like that. Charlton Heston, and, back in um, the day.
1: <laughs> What's that?
0: Charlton Heston, back in the day.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and a lot of, like, influential uh, leaders within the NRA that may not be, like, household names, but sure. they've been around for so long and they've contributed so much. And so uh, I was approached by the nominating committee to run and asked if I would consider it. So I had to put together like a bio thing and a bunch of stuff and some photos, and uh, it was reviewed. And so my name is gonna be on the ballot. And um, it's kind of neat because um, there are not very many women on the the board of directors. There are a few, and of course we've had two female presidents of the board. Mm. Um, But I feel like there hasn't been a whole lot of representation within the shooting sports itself beyond NRA shooting sports. Now, of course, Kim Rohde's been on the board, which Kim Rody is amazing let's face it yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, from the the pistol shooting sports like currently there's nobody really that's been there <laughs> running sure. and, and contributing to that so I'm particularly excited about you know providing a voice and and uh, maybe just a little bit of you know my experience and and how things work in our world to such an influential group of individuals so that we can even move even further so that's that's a if that's the end game here. I mean, I love competing and I love shooting, but I want to see the shooting sports
0: explode.
1: I, right. I just, I think there's a shooting sport for everyone.
0: Now, you said that uh, there's not really anyone on the board currently that's representing uh, pistol shooting sports. So what, uh, uh, why is that so important that there, that there be oh. somebody on the board?
1: You know, I think that, you know, uh, there's a whole movement of this whether it's handgun or three gun. Mm. The action shooting sports are, you know, consistent people who are really, really passionate. And they tend to be the type of people, they're almost like CrossFitters, right? They, you know, the first rule of CrossFit is to talk about CrossFit. Well, it's, it's kind of like that with, you know, practical shooting. The first rule of practical shooting is to talk about it and share it. And they do so much to encourage others, even just the simple thing, Things of, you know, you're going to a local range and you see somebody handling a firearm in a way that isn't so effective. You can say, hey, did you know if you did this? You know, they're they're so helpful and kind. And I think that the more we have people out there and the more representation we have for these shooting sports and the people that handle guns frequently and safely is obviously a very good thing because that education factor of Gosh, you know, when you're in a shooting sport, you're so much safer. You you, you know there are specific rules and you follow them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, a win-win all the way around.
0: All right. So uh, speaking of uh, making shooting sports a bigger deal, getting more people involved, uh, what do you think uh, that uh, USPSA, 3GUN, IDPA, what do you think that they can do that they're not currently doing to engage more people and to get more people involved?
1: So first and foremost, we've, we've done a really great job over the years in maintaining and growing memberships and uh, the shooting sports in general when there have been political times that have been, let's face it, rather challenging, sure. right? <laughs> and so we've, we've done really well in that sense. I think the biggest thing that we can do at this point is, you know, I view people who are actively competing in the shooting sports as super users. They have no problem going out in ninety-eight degree weather and spending all day on a hot range getting dirty and having fun with right. guns, right? They're a special breed, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, the everyday person, the everyday gun owner, that isn't such an enticing thought. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, eh, maybe not that much. So I think what what we should do is find ways that we can introduce our sport that isn't such a huge commitment, that isn't so involved. Okay. And I think one of the great things that we could do is get all together in the same room and figure out some sort of online safety course that we can give anybody who's interested in starting in Bianchi, Three Gun, IDPA, USPSA, what have you, anywhere that they're going to be handling a gun, moving with it mm-hmm. or drawing from a holster and, and, and teach them the basics of what they need to know online so that if they show up you can say oh you took this course you're already ahead of the game sure. now let's figure out where you need to go into the puzzle to get you started we'll get you squatted we'll we'll have a new shooter course what have you but i think the first thing really starts with safety and really unifying the sports together mm-hmm. to get that kind of safe message out there
0: well i like i like what you just said about having sort of a new shooter course because i remember uh, um when i first started doing this um you know almost every match i would show up to people like oh do you shoot do you shoot and all this other stuff and and uh on the one hand it was great feeling so welcomed and people wanted me to be involved you know beyond being behind the camera but at the same time it also felt a little bit pressurey like they like they really want me to be there and they're not quite going to accept me like they're really friendly but they're not going to quite accept me until i start shooting and uh i think the idea of having that new shooter course can ease people and is a great idea um also, the idea of doing videos, because that's something I can contribute to. Um, so uh, <laughs> um, what about what about maybe uh, uh, taking it a bit uh, more uh, specifically, what can we do to get more uh, women involved in the shooting sports? Because obviously there's some fantastic women. You're involved, uh, uh, people like Jessie Duff, all sorts of women involved. How can we get even more and reach even more women? I think that the,
1: the thing that draws people no matter what it is, whether it's fitness, shooting, you know, beauty, it doesn't matter, is a connection with the people. And I think we need to do a better job of connecting. Obviously, we have our own Sophia, uh platforms and stuff like that where we reach each, each, you know, shooter that we connect with. But to tell the stories and to connect with people in a way that makes uh, women more accessible and uh, you know, maybe it's just as something as simple as having a private Facebook group for women USPSA shooters that they can ask and questions and, and feel welcome. I think a lot of times um, we we make assumptions about women. Obviously, you know, guns need to be pink and blah blah blah. And the industry in general has has uh, struggled with this for a while. But it's it's really comes down to people. And so when you have role models like. Jaleesa and Justine, or Jesse, or insert name of any female out right. there. She doesn't have to be a champion shooter. When she gets to tell her story and why she does it and why she loves it, that's contagious, mm-hmm. and people want to do that too. You want to, you want to feel the same way they feel. It's not just a do thing; it's a feel thing.
0: Well, I think uh, I think at the moment the last question that I have, and this is a little bit more of a personal thing, or at least a, 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 a shooting sports channel side thing, is. I'm trying to grow more of a general audience. So not just the shooters, but people that, that maybe they're not really interested in shooting, but they, but they do are interested in the sports. They do like guns. What can we do um, as, as the leagues, you know, USPSA and myself, what can we do to maybe grow a more general audience? So you have the perfect
1: opportunity to demystify. You know, when I tell people what I do, I use a lot of acronyms and a lot of uh, you know generalizations that get really confusing. But if you can find a way to communicate what we do to the everyday person in a way that they can understand, that's really really valuable. We get so caught up in in gun lingo and and match lingo and competition lingo and even sport to sport this varies, um, but. If you can start to demystify that process and really provide entry level, like, hey, did you know this is what this means and this is why they do this and provide historical feedback, like, oh, back in the day, people love a good throwback Thursday. Sure, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, explain how things used to be and how things have evolved and and kind of predict what might happen in the future and create a real dialogue about it. I think that's something that would be really, really awesome.
0: Alrighty, yeah. But, uh... One of the things I'm trying to figure out right now is a great way to, uh, convey, uh, scoring, uh, you know, on, on the stage level, convey scoring in a very visual way. Cause it's something I keep running into a wall and with what I have been doing, it's like, I can show you a video of, you know, Shane Coley and, and Ben Stoger, you know, really killing these courses, but it really doesn't mean much to most people unless they already know kind of something that going into it. So that's something I've been trying to figure out. And, uh, no,
1: that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And then, and
0: then the, uh, the, the other challenge that I've run into is, you know, with most other, uh, especially the big sports, football, basketball, is you've got that sort of uh, personality drama, you know. Uh, you don't even have to watch football. You, you know if you either love or hate Tom Brady, you know, or, or, or LeBron James. You know? uh, we don't quite have that saying, my dog's barking at something. <laughs> There's nothing out there. She just likes to park. Anyway, um, yeah. So trying to find that uh, that uh, drama of some sort without manufacturing anything. So uh, yeah, challenges we all face.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I completely understand because you know everybody love that's in shooting love shooting sports and so we're we're typically not a you know like. There's just kind of bunch you know yeah. it's not like blah, 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 you know whereas uh, a lot of other sports are that way but you know there are other examples of sports that are like that where sportsmanship really reigns the and you know that's when the individual stories come out you know, sure. like, oh did you know Shane Coley has a, an awesome golden retriever you know <laughs> and people can relate to that you know sure. it's, it's those kind of personal stories that replace the drama and okay. uh, there's actually enough drama on the <laughs> scoring that right. you, can,
0: you can get a good bit of that <laughs> all right well I think uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for now I'm, I'm, I'm out of questions but it's been uh, it's been great talking to you and uh, Likewise, oh uh, I did have one other one last question and that is uh, uh, what match are you going to be shooting next if any I have
1: one more match this season first I got to know what your dog's name is uh,
0: her name is Ruby She's a little okay. <laughs> uh, she's a little Yorkshire Terrier uh, mix. Oh, very nice. I, I, um, I yeah, didn't I choose her. Team she team chose team. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have uh, one more match this season. It's the NSSF Rimfire World Championships down in Alabama in a okay. couple of weeks. Um, it's the first time I've shot that one, and I'm really not – that focused on winning because sure. it is going to be the first match my daughter and I get to shoot together. Oh, there you go.
0: So
1: Very cool. I'm going to be a big mom there and uh, <laughs> show her the ropes and hopefully she'll love it as much as I do.
0: Awesome. Well, and uh, uh, at some point we'll probably won't, uh, end up at the same match and actually get to meet face to uh, face in person. But it's uh, <laughs> it's been great talking to you and thank you so much for being here.
1: No, my pleasure. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Well, I'll uh, hopefully talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care.
0: (laughs) Bye. (laughs)